In the name of God, the Holy Trinity, amen. On February 14, 1912, Arizona became the 48th state. The people of Phoenix, as well as all the people of Arizona, had finally come of age. The casual growth that characterized the slow-paced farming community of 19th century Phoenix changed. Phoenix began to grow into a young metropolis. At the end of its first eight years under statehood, by the year 1920, the year that this worship space opened at Trinity Cathedral, Phoenix was, in the people's minds of the day, no longer a town. It was an important city, a city that had a total of 29,000 residents. Imagine this great vision for a cathedral in a city of 29,000 people. The same amount of people that populated the city of London in the year 1200. 29,000 people in Phoenix, that's all. And Episcopalians were only a small portion of the city's residents. We weren't the first church here. The Methodists beat us to the punch. And then the Roman Catholics followed, preceded by the Episcopalians. So by the year 1920, this Trinity congregation had already been established in the Phoenix area, but further downtown, for about 42 years. Now, in church history circles, it's always been rumored that here out west that Episcopalians did not travel from the east in covered wagons. Oh, no. Episcopalians went by train. And so if there's any truth to this, how interesting is it that the fact that the Episcopal Church in Phoenix started about one year after the Southern Pacific Railway arrived here in 1887. The people who gathered on this site in 1920 already knew about change, a lot of change. We know this from our city's history, that many of our original members of our congregation had suffered horrible floods in their neighborhoods which were situated further south near the Salt River, south of Central and Jefferson. And so those people all moved northwards, purchasing lots at the furthest point away from the river that the streetcar system could take you, which was developing a neighborhood over here off of Roosevelt and Second Avenue. Now, that shift in population and with the advent of cars and electricity and telephones, this shift in seeing life differently in a city that kept growing and expanding as newcomers arrived, these changes of circumstance only furthered a hopeful group of Episcopalians who gathered for the very first time for worship here at Trinity Cathedral on Christmas Day, 1920. There's a picture of that day in the narthex. Yes, on that day, the church celebrated the birth of the Christ child, and the church also celebrated the birth of new possibilities in this ever-expanding city. Hope was 
everywhere. And this centennial year, this year-long celebration of our mission and history and culture and fellowship, this abundant exploration into examining our past and giving thanks for all that we are and all that we have been, this festival centennial year comes to a conclusion today so that we can now look forward forward to our future together, to focus on the power of God expressed to us in the Trinity, in that never-ending fellowship of love, that power of God that has invited us to look not only at all that we are and all that we have been, but all that we will be. As a community throughout the past hundred years, we, like those in the early church, have experienced times of prosperity. But we, as Trinity Cathedral, have also endured times of suffering. And like our scriptures tell us today, that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. In so many ways, this scripture captures the very heart of the experience of what Trinity Cathedral of yesterday has been and how that experience has invited us and continues to invite us to live into our future in a spirit of hope for tomorrow. But what is the spirit of hope inviting us into? What do we see when we peer into our future 20, 50, 100 years from now? Over the past two years, about 150 people in this congregation took place in these forums where we did these asset mapping exercises. And then a few months ago, an equal number, about 150 of you, participated in a forum to, do, to look at our forward-looking dreams about our future in what we called Be a Trinity Prophet. And what we discovered in those exercises was exciting and extraordinary. Exciting because we are determined to cultivate a community that is large and diverse. One that not only draws from people within the entire metro region, but also a community that intentionally cultivates membership with people who live right here in the neighborhood. We have dreams to create a broad mix of people that is so diverse that our practice of immersing ourselves in a community of people from so many blended cultures and backgrounds that our very congregation when gathered as a worshiping community, that our very congregation looks like the fullest and most complete expression of the kingdom of God possible. What a dream. That's the extraordinary part. And what a glorious day that will be. We very clearly indicated in all that we said 
that we want to focus on being an Episcopal church, a global member of the Anglican communion in the heart of downtown, and we want to worship using music that sings with the angels, creating a panoply of worship offerings that reflect the ever-changing diversity of our church and in our world, liturgies that are both modern and ancient, that feed our souls, that nourish our spiritual lives, and call us into our better selves as we're sent from this place, nourished by Christ at communion, and commissioned to be ambassadors for Jesus in our homes, in our schools, and in our neighborhoods. We want to be unbounded. We want to have expansive ideas, unbounded in our expansive universal love for all people, drawing them to a presence of Christ that welcomes others so intentionally that other Episcopalians around our diocese and other Christians who are not Episcopalians will see Trinity Cathedral as their second home where they will always have their spiritual needs met. The people of Trinity want to expand our breadth of communication platforms, shaping our campus to be more environmentally friendly, creating more inviting spaces for children, offering more hospitality for people who speak different languages, while keeping a firm resolve to being inclusive of absolutely all people, caring for the poor, supporting those who are experiencing homelessness, and standing up for those who are oppressed and excluded so that everyone might become as fully participatory in society as they possibly can be. And we build on that. We want to keep building a place of healing and reconciliation, a place of grounding. In some ways, some people described it as a hub for the people of Roosevelt Street with more art and more food and more community life. We dream of cultivating lots of partnerships with our neighbors down at ASU, with various local nonprofits, creating projects that, that benefit places like Garfield and Dunbar schools and advocate for those struggling with ever-increasing housing challenges in our region. We want to offer the finest variety of lay-led and clergy-led pastoral care that we can develop. We want to welcome people of all faiths for contemplative workshops, for labyrinth walks, for times to collectively live into that great hope that the presence of God's Spirit is calling us into. We want to be builders, and we want to build with Jesus nothing short of the beloved community. That's a lot. And there is so much more. All of you have dreams for Trinity. And we need them. We need your engagement and we need your support. The building that we worship in here did not build itself. This congregation did not grow in wisdom and grace and in influence in community leadership just by sitting in the pews. No, we engaged with God and we also gathered to serve others in our community and by our own congregational discernment by our collective observations of the world around us, we all together right now 
continue to take this deep dive into prayerful consideration about all kinds of needs in the world. And right now we see a world that needs us now more than ever before. More than ever before. For the meager 29,000 people that lived here in 1920, to the more than 5 million people that live here around this cathedral today, Trinity is rooted very firmly in the heart of this community. You are a part of that movement, the Jesus movement, that brings our common life in Christ into the real world. We have purpose to heal, to bless, to restore. We're called to be prophets for the dawning of a new age, to expand our abilities to love our neighbors more than we even think that we can love. We're called to be a cathedral for the 21st century and beyond, but it starts by cultivating hope, a hope that does not disappoint, a hope that was given to us by the Holy Spirit, a hope that is poured upon us each and every day from a never-ending source of love, Jesus Christ himself, an empowerment that is given to us from God's very presence among us. This hope, this love, this empowerment is our strength for the future. We must never forget the source of our blessings. We must always acknowledge our need to return to this place for refreshment and restoration time and time and time again. A place where we bring the hurts and cares of the world to God's very throne of grace. A place where we bring ourselves, our whole selves, our souls and bodies, where we bring ourselves and offer what we have for the well-being of the world. A place where we find new direction, new strength, new possibilities for tomorrow. Trinity, a place where every single one of us, you and me and all of us, where every single one of us is called to be a Trinity prophet, a light to the world, to be the champions of love for this time in our history and for many years to come. This is the place, a place blessed by Jesus that calls us to be prophets and to know in our heart of hearts that we will live in hope because hope does not disappoint. This is the place. A community that's literally risen from the ashes of challenge, blight, and despair. This is the place where love lives, where hope lives, where Christ lives. And it is my home, and it is your home, and it is our home. And it's going to be home to thousands more. 100 years is quite a feat. The living God has been present with us in every era of our history here, and that continues. We are invited to live in hope, and that is exactly what we will do as the people of Trinity Cathedral, as everyone gathered together. Happy 100 years, Trinity onward and upward, and may we be blessed by a God who loves us more than we can even ask for or imagine. Amen.